Welcome to the Agile Coffee Podcast, episode 77. My name is Vic Bonacci. You can find me on Twitter at Agile Coffee. So this episode we recorded here in the summertime, and typically summer in the U.S. means people are out of school. And if you have just graduated from school, perhaps you're looking for a job, which means you need that all-important document, the resume. <laughs> and that's what we're going to be talking about today in the episode that I recorded with Josh Anderson and Bob Galen of the Metacast. And if you don't know the Metacast, are you living under a rock? It's one of the best agile podcasts and even just podcasts in general, uh, in my opinion, um, simply can't live without the Metacast. And they just celebrated their 200th episode uh, earlier in the week. So I'll have links to both Bob Galen and Josh Anderson, their Twitter handles, their websites, and of course the link to the Metacast, all in the show notes on my website, agilecoffee.com slash episode 77. Just a few notes before we get into this, because uh, it's going to be all centered on the resume. Bob and Josh, in their Metacast episode 189, so a couple months ago, talked all about how to become a scrum master specifically if you haven't been a scrum master before and you have no experience directly tied to scrum and agile that you can call upon that you can use in your resume so i highly recommend um, checking out metacast episode 189 to hear about how to become a scrum master but they didn't really talk about the resume and so i wanted to spend time not only talking to really smart people about Scrum Master resumes, but also putting together a page on my own website, Agile Coffee, to find uh, so that you could find more information about how to build a resume if perhaps you have no experience and you're trying to become a Scrum Master for the very first time. It's also useful if you have been a Scrum Master. There's still information there that you could use, but specific to someone who's maybe got a little bit of work experience or, or maybe a lot, depending on, on your career path, um, how do you take that experience? How do you find the stories in the experience and kind of connect the dots to the role of Scrum Master? So I encourage you to go to agilecoffee.com slash scrummasterresume to find out more. Not only did I interview Bob and Josh, but I also talked to a few other peers that, I've, uh, that I know look at many resumes as part of their jobs, and they've had things to say. They shared a lot of things with me. We also conducted a poll, and I did a number of other uh, research activities. So I accumulated everything and posted it online at agilecoffee.com slash scrummasterresume. So having said all that, I'd like to now just turn it over to, uh, to the conversation that I had with Bob Galen, who's on Twitter at Bob Galen, and Josh Anderson on Twitter at, well, it's his name spelled backwards, <laughs> N-O-S-R-E-D-N-A-H-S-O-J, <laughs> links to all Twitter profiles and websites are on the show notes here, agilecoffee.com slash episode 77. So with that, sit back, relax, and enjoy a fresh brew of Agile Coffee. So here we are, episode 77 of the Agile Coffee Podcast, and this time I'm so happy to have Josh Anderson and Bob Galen with me from the Metacast. Welcome, guys. 
Thank you. Good to be Thank here. You. Thanks, Meg. So, I'm super excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on this cast, on this podcast, because the topic this time is is a timely one in that it's uh, we're recording this in June in the summertime. And that's usually the graduation season. People are looking for uh, maybe their first job or maybe they're thinking about changing jobs in the summertime. And um, a lot of people in our industry are what are called scrum masters. And when it comes to writing a scrum master resume, I think it's, it's a bit different than writing a traditional resume. And I'm going to kind of leave it at, at that for the introduction, but I wanted to call out um, both of you for a recent episode of your own Metacast podcast that you did. It was back in March of this year, 2021 uh, episode 189. And I'll put a link in the show notes here for everyone to find it. But the, the topic was how to get your first job. Uh, your first scrum master job specifically. And there was a lot of great information there. And I think when I was mulling about this topic of writing a resume, um, a lot of what you had said really resonated with me because I think of the scrum master job also as a very unique type of a, a role. It might not have a lot of examples in the past of how to craft a resume for this type of role. You know, there's not a, a long kind of career arc a traditional, I should say, career arc, as uh, as opposed to some other jobs that we might be familiar with. So maybe if one of you could kind of jump in and and talk about just that, how the the role of Scrum Master is is unique. It's not like a lot of the other jobs out there. Yeah, one of the things that we talked about is there is no traditional path to become a Scrum Master. There's so many different journeys that different people take to get to that role. It's not like you go to college and major in scrum mastery. Like that's like, that's not a thing. Maybe somebody's doing it now, but it's not very, very common. So there is no designated path. And Bob and I actually get a lot of questions from the network, our listeners, our viewers about, Hey, I want to be a scrum master. Like, how do I make that happen. So this is like one of those common questions that we always get, which is why we landed on creating that episode in March, because it was just a recurring theme and we felt like we could get out in front of it and help people. And the exciting thing is that Bob and I both know a handful of people that coming out of that episode landed jobs. And that's, that's just wonderful to to see and hear to help them find that. But it is, it's a, it's a difficult journey because you can't like, there is no path where you can go and search Google and it tells you exactly what to do because like, I, I'm not sure how many scrum masters have the same path as the peers that they have. I that episode two was how to pivot from another career into, so it wasn't a part of it was focused towards getting your first scrum master job without experience. And then a, a subset of it was how to pivot. Uh, I think I brought up my daughter in that episode. My daughter was pivoting from social work and she had a 15 year career in social work and she just pivoted and landed a scrum master job. So it's how do you navigate that? Because you don't have much of a story to tell or you have to develop a mapping story between what your historical strengths are and experiences into scrum mastery, right? You have to connect the dots. Uh, I think that could let, that's probably a good topic for how do you connect, how do you connect the dots, whether you're in software development or in IT and looking for a Scrum Master job as your first one or coming from another domain, you know, how, what does the resume look like to connect what you've been doing into Scrum Mastery? Because it is so unique. 
One of my favorite tools to use personally uh, on my own, but also I share it with the classes. I teach Scrum Scrum Master classes. Bob teaches classes along the same lines too. But I use um, the idea of journey mapping. So when I talk about my own career, you know, I started off in in filmmaking or in teaching, or I was a restaurateur for a while. And and I share this with the people who take my class because I try to amplify that point that you just said, Bob, is that even though I had worked for 10 years or so in traditional project management and IT, I had a very circuitous path to get there. And I think that's helped me um, in my role as a scrum master and then eventually as an agile coach. Um, but how do you, how does someone who's pivoting to change jobs um, or coming at their, their first job, how do they approach a resume seem to me like a, a big quandary? Um, so, I mean, let, let's just kind of take the case of someone who's actually pivoting. Maybe they've got some experience. Maybe it's in the same industry. Maybe it's not. Um, I guess let's start off with that question. Is industry experience how important is it in the role of a scrum master? So if you're in a specific industry, let's say healthcare, for instance, if you were hiring a scrum master or you were advising someone who's writing a resume um, and they didn't have experience in that industry, do you think that's a, a drawback? For me personally, but I don't have a strong affinity for industry experience means success. There, there, there are great leaders, great engineers, great scrum masters that might choose to focus in one area, but what makes them great isn't the fact that they worked in healthcare. It's that they're a great scrum master. And like, that's the, that's the key that if I can identify somebody that has those tools and experience and bring them in, I don't care what they've been doing. Just like bring your talent here. Um, and, and, and the one thing that we've said is that, hey, even if you aren't doing the scrum master job officially, you can still operate as a scrum master. You don't even have to tell anybody. Just just like say, hey, I think we can make this process better by like, let's, let's meet once a day and talk about the things that are working, things that aren't, and what changes do we need to make and start putting those processes in place, but maybe don't even call it agile. Just, just start making things better with the tools that you've learned and apply them and practice and then use that to build your resume and talk about how you transformed a whatever from underperforming to performing amazingly well using these tools that happen to be Scrum. So you can apply it anywhere. Just don't wait for somebody to give you permission to do Scrum. Like just start making stuff better. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to add a different twist though, Josh, before that, I think, I think there's, there's two categories. I'm going to just create two categories of employers or two. I think there's a category of employers, companies that care about the mapping strongly yeah. right. and previous experience. And, and, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if they're, I think of traditional, like one of the words that comes to my mind is they're traditional companies. Uh, they, they're probably not leading edge. They're probably more enterprise, larger, maybe scale comes into play. Uh, and then there's another genre of company that is exactly the way you described. Mm -hmm. They're not stuck on domain. They're stuck on excellence. They're stuck on the person. They're they're looking for great people. Yeah. Uh, and but so let's look at defining a resume for those folks. Like if I have no experience, it's my you know I'm a 
brand spanking new scrum master and I don't have a lot of experience or zero experience, I think I have to do some targeting. I think I need to target that, that the Josh Anderson's of the world. Mm -hmm. And I almost need to, I, I mean, I think if I throw resumes at no matter what I do, you know, I'm not going to have enough letters. I'm not going to have enough years of experience. I'm not going to have enough buzzwords. And I'm going to get, actually, my morale is going to go low. And I'm going to get disappointed on that side. So I think there's almost a find the company mix. And yeah. then find find the folks that are reasonably good targets and then target those. What do you guys think about that idea before the resume crafting? So I, I'm... I'm aligned with you there. Um, I think that especially if you if you're lacking the the scrum master experience and if you're kind of overall you can't create the stories like Josh on that episode, you said work is work. That's kind of what you said here, too. You can you can translate what you've done into a compelling story that an employer, any employer should be able to get excited about and want to hire you by. But I think. Bob, going back to what you said, especially if you're if you're newer, then you might want to be a little bit more targeting, as you said. I like yeah, and, it and it disappoints me. I mean, my heart because I lean I lean into what Josh said, mm -hmm. right? I, I wrote a blog post a long time ago. Well, I borrowed it from my boss Ralph Kasuba, and it was the three A's of interviewing, and it's what you lead with, and it, it was attitude, aptitude, and then ability. And literally, experience is the third interesting thing. Attitude, yeah. stance, leaning in, posture is number one. Can you, are you, do you have a learning mindset or do you have a curiosity mindset is number two? And, and then the skills, if you have those two things, do skills really matter? And I'm not, I'm not you know, ignoring the skills, but it's like you want these, these folks who can grow into the role. But I see so many companies that really don't, they don't think that way. Uh, the filtering systems they have in HR to filter resumes don't think that way. I mean, yeah. there's AI in there that doesn't, I think the AI in HR systems like that, they're, they're not going to oh, trigger yeah. on, on the folks that, that are telling stories. So, yeah, so I wanted to, I wanted to get out of the way, like it doesn't have to be industry specific. So if you are changing industries, I think the scrum master role is one that Again, to leverage the attitude and the aptitude that you said, you can translate those to a different industry. So I wanted to let people know that right off the bat. I'm sorry, Josh, you were going to add something there. No, just just what I was hoping to give people is, okay, Bob, Josh, Vic, that's great. Like, how do I find those companies? How do I know yeah. who's who? And how I would go about it is companies like that, like any one of the three of us would would be a part of or or build they are going to be passionate about the craft of being a scrum master and when you're passionate about it you talk about it so there's going to be content that they create out there somewhere somehow for you to figure out yeah like these folks care about being a great scrum master and that's what's important and it's it's a key piece of how they win so there's going to be content created so you'll be able to navigate towards them and then larger companies might create content because they're trying to win the content marketing game but you'll be able to see right through the content that's created you'll notice where passion is and where passion isn't and that's where you can start to focus in to try and find companies like bob bob defined is a really good place to start 
I'm in a mastermind group and I was telling them the other day that I'm going to be doing this article that I'm writing and then this interview talking with you guys and, and other employers and hiring managers too. And um, the feedback I got from, got from the group was, hey, great topic, but beware of that big disconnect, Josh, that you just brought up. Bob, you, you both brought it up. Um, the internal needs, um, and it might be in the same company. You might have a disconnect in the same company where the the person you're working for and with and the teams you're working for, they value a good, effective scrum master. But the people who are responsible for hiring, for evaluating, for compensating kind of recruiters, traditional HR, especially in a big organization, they might have hundreds or more <laughs> resumes that they have to get through right away. So there's that disconnect going on. And oftentimes, especially if you're new uh, to the role of Scrum Master or to the world of work in general, maybe, um, you don't really know how to find those types of companies or how to craft a resume that kind of walks the line between uh, satisfying the the box checkers, if you will, and then uh, drawing the attention of the people who are more interested in reading it. I mean, I want to bring up maybe an elephant in the room, though, too. And you guys push back, but... I haven't written a resume when you when we originally scheduled this I was af- I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to talk uh, and that was a pun a little bit but it, I really haven't my, my resume the last one I polished was like 2012 or 13 or something like that and then they've changed and I know so many people that are getting them reframed but the elephant I want to put on the table is is the resume the most effective way to navigate uh, I actually, the folks that I know, I know a handful of folks who've gone from, and they've done domain switches. I know one uh, person who switched from school teaching to uh, great, uh, like eighth grade or something. Uh, so uh, high school teaching to scrum mastering. My daughter went from social work to scrum mastering. So I, I know several people who've gone, another guy went from like Lowe's hardware, uh, working, in the, <laughs> working in the hardware to scrum mastery. Uh, and they, I, I didn't look at their resumes, but I know enough about their stories that it was the, uh, the networking and the connections that got them the jobs mm-hmm. and they were curious and they were active in agile groups and the agile community. Uh, and they attended my daughter, for example, went to agile coach camps, um, when she, so it, it was, it was not this late switch. It was not about writing about what you do, but rubbing elbows with people in the community and establishing connections and networks and stuff. I'm not saying the resume is not important, but I'd like to at least say equally important is this notion of networking in the community. And oh, by the way, the Agile community is a really good community to do that. Folks are pretty friendly in that, at least in my experience, to do that. What do you guys think? Some of my favorite hires fall squarely into that camp where I've met them somewhere. They may have handed me a resume. I don't remember. I didn't care because in that conversation with them, you could feel this was who they are. This is what they care about. They have this passion to go make this a reality. And it was an engineer. It was a scrum master. It was another leader. Just uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. You had to give me a resume because like, that's the thing you do in business. But like, I, I could basically have thrown in the trash and I didn't care. What I cared about was like that person clearly intentionally 
communicated. This is something I'm passionate about. I hear you're passionate about it too. Like, is there a match there? Can we talk about it? And the dialogue was fantastic. And yes, the resume is often like a gate you have to work through, but um, you have plenty of opportunities to create those connections. And with the way the world has changed, it is now less about, can I physically be there? But am I in the right Slack channel or Discord server or chat group or whatever it might be, whatever tool that you use, there's one out there of people like-minded that you can start asking questions about and just learning more. So it's all there and it's it's potentially easier than ever now. Yeah. If I could sum up for the listeners here, what I'm hearing from from the both of you on this point is while the resume is still a good kind of a necessary, if I could say, marketing tool, kind of a check the box, kind of it's yeah. required <laughs> whenever you're applying for jobs, 99.8% of the time. Yeah. Um, it's not as important as the relationships that you're doing and the work that you're doing to prepare yourself for the conversations at the interview and upon meeting these people. Um, if I could kind of then stay on the topic of resumes, now that we did acknowledge that part. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and you can answer whichever of these you like. Um, in terms of a resume, is how long is too long of a resume? In terms of resume parts, I think of things like experience, education, certifications, listing out your skills, kind of an objective of the resume, summary, your interests, and then kind of this newer group of, of resume parts that has to do with conferences or meetups or how active are you on social media in terms of like publications or presentations or podcasting or something like that. So either of those questions that I'm throwing out to you in terms of like how long is too long of a resume and like what parts do you think you would have people spend more time on and maybe less time on on a resume? Um, I, I look for a story. So uh, what I look at is in each job listing that they have throughout their history, whether it's one, five, a hundred, what I'm looking for is can they demonstrate with that text that they made life better than it was when they started and tell me the change that they drove that I came in and we operated like this and I relentlessly pursued us to evolve in this manner. And when we got there, here's what life looked like. So what I don't what I'll skim over and say, maybe this isn't a good fit is like, Hey, responsible for this, did this check the box, blah, blah, blah. What I want to hear is, or read actually to the point of this is a, this is the text thing is change this, evolve this, improve this, the, those, what I found is that when you build a team of relentless problem solvers, like amazing things happen. So that's what I want to see is can they identify that there is or isn't a problem? And if there is, what did they actually do about it? Listing your list of responsibilities. That's just a job description. Like that doesn't tell me how like you made life better. You just did a thing, but you didn't make life fundamentally better. And that's what I look for as a part of the resume for any role, but especially the scrum master, because that's ultimately what you're trying to do for an entire team of humans is enable that to happen. So if a scrum master doesn't show me that, then I'm not sure they've actually done the job. On the length side of things, um, it, it used to, you know, 
I'm a guy, I'm for, I'm verbose. So years and years ago when I was writing, then it was like, I celebrated like going from two pages to three pages and then three pages to four pages. And it was, I think I stopped at four pages, but it was, that was a celebration. And then there was a, a change in industry where, you know, short, short was better. And I actually remember recruiters like cutting everything out. And it, and it was the relentless pursuit of the one page resume. Uh, and I actually think that landed for a while independent of your experience and uh and it was really harsh because it was it's it's really you can lose things in the one page style and now i think it's loosening my sense is it's loosening a bit it's still keep it short and targeted so but but you don't have to cut it to a single page another thing that i learned i forget where i learned this someone maybe in a in a job and a I, I was laid off once and it was one of those retraining firms. And I think someone said the top third of the first page is like your headline of the newspaper. And it resonated with me tremendously because I, I do like when I'm reading it's and they said that that real estate, independent of what you put in there, right, that real estate is the most valuable real estate in the resume. And I mean, I've reviewed thousands of resumes and I would agree with that. I have a tendency to make the decision what some people say 20 seconds or 10 seconds or something. I, I read a stat yeah. earlier today or yesterday that said seven, seven seconds. Yeah, it's not much. Yeah. So what, whatever you do, it's independent of keeping it to one page. It's like keep it short, keep it terse and focused, but recognize that, that real estate is incredibly important. Top Top third of the first page. And then to me, I've always looked at whatever you want to call it, the goals and objectives up there. Like what? Are, so I want to I want to know why do you want to you know, why do you want to be a scrum master? And and I'm I'm sort of adding on to what Josh said. The two things I wrote down were problems to solve and impact. So don't t- tell me what impact you've had to an organization historically and what problems have you solved? So I'm I'm resonating with what Josh said. I want to see that. I also want to see why that I don't want to just hire a scrum master who wants to make money. I want to hire someone who is passionate about the art and craft of scrum mastery. They're curious, they're motivated. Uh, and, and I want them to communicate the why in that, in that intro, the objective. I want to, I want to feel passion. If I don't feel passion in the objective, uh, I'm disappointed. So I hope, I hope that resonates or makes sense. I think yeah. so. I, I think it does. Oh, yeah, Josh, go on. No, I just wanted to clarify. So we talked about those two different types of companies. I think depending on the type of company you're going after, that might determine the type of resume that you write. If you're going for one of those larger companies, all of those other things, certs and education and speaking and groups that's going to be more important than the type of company that bob or vic or i would build where it is about the craft so again you have to understand the target that you're chasing and then craft your resume to suit them because with those larger companies and the ai and things like bob talked about like you're going to have to be able to check some boxes to to get it even to a human that's going to look at it whereas if it's a smaller company or more targeted like like we are, then we're going to consume it a little bit more than seven seconds, maybe the 30 yep. seconds, maybe we'll, we'll invest the 30 to see if that story's there. Um, yep. But if that story's not there, it it ultimately is going to fall flat. 
Something you just said, Josh, too, is is the idea. And again, I heard you say this in your uh, episode 189 of the Metacast, how you had said that, especially if you're new, you might have to take a lower, I don't want to say a lower quality job, but but kind of like one of those cases of jobs that you mentioned um, to get the experience to create the stories to put onto your resume to get the next job in a more ideal circumstance. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you, you, there might be things that you're chasing and you might not be able to get there, but you may have to take a step that's not ideal, not exactly what you want, but treat it as a step and really hone and refine your skills to achieve that next thing. Like I, I know the first time I went out to a job, there was a job that I wanted and I didn't get it, but that next job set me up and gave me the opportunity to hone and refine the skills so that if I wanted to go back to that company, I felt like I could. So that opportunity is there. Every job is an opportunity for you to build and refine the skills. Yeah. I think there's a persona aspect. So there's two things that I'm hearing. And one was what Vic said a little while ago. I think it's useful to do a journey map. I, I, I like mind mapping, Vic, but it's the same thing. Yep. Where have you come from? Where are you now? And where are you going? And how are you navigating that and mapping that future that future cast? Yeah. Uh, and, and I want to become a scrum master. So it's if you can navigate that in a single jump, fine. You may need to navigate it differently. It may not be the perfect job. You may have to hop around a little bit. Okay, so so acknowledge that in your you know, clarify that in your journey map, in your future cast. So that's one thing. Uh, then the second thing is, you know, like companies have personas and target the persona uh, if to navigate your journey map um, and, and the resume. I forget, I think in that same class, people at the time, and this was a new, so when I first did resumes, I had a single resume and I never tailored it. I just produced thousands of copies and I shipped them out. Um, then folks started talking about tailoring the resume to the opportunity. And I still actually think there's a school of thought that says you target to the persona. And and I'd actually recommend that in this case. So yeah. now you have you have where you're at, you have your journey map and you know where you want to go. And then you do a little analysis into what are the companies uh and I'm going to say something weird. It's like there's agile centric companies that are more agile friendly and there's some that are not. And, and you're going to be happier as a scrum master in an agile centric company, I think, but you may not be able to get there on a first step. So have that as part of your navigation scheme and do your targeting accordingly. Does that resonate with you guys? No? That's I, I like that a lot. In fact, it reminds me, I um, talked to a friend of mine, Colleen, who's um, who's a hiring manager. He's, she's got hiring responsibility, let's say. She's not a hiring manager, but she hires scrum masters, product owners, people who work in scrum or Kanban, some form of like an agile workplace. Again, very much the kind of a workplace that you're describing, Bob. And uh, what she said to me was she looks for expressions on a resume that give her a sense that these candidates are not just process oriented, but they understand their own courageous leadership role and that they aspire to coach up and down the org chart. She also goes on to say that when people pepper their resume with a bunch of certifications, that usually underwhelms her. In fact, it could be a sign of someone who values labels over learning. Does that fit with what you had said, Bob? It feels like it does. 
Absolutely. I, I mean, I hate to say it, I grant certifications for goodness sakes, but I see folks that have, I mean, my favorite uh, is Agile Bill Krebs is a friend of mine here locally in our area. And I think Bill said one time he was approaching like 23 letters after his name or something like that. <laughs> like the entire, he had the entire alphabet after his name, literally. Yeah. And figuratively. It's definitely and, an acronym soup. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not, you lose it. It, it's yeah. not it's not the goal and that and everything maybe let's be clear everything you put on the on your resume is a message it's not just the letters it's say it's you're talking about what you value and what you don't value your stories etc so everything so just be i think be prudent and careful about how you like how you articulate everything about it so before we leave the topic of, of, of certifications, and I'm hearing both of you, and I, I'm saying the same thing, and my friend Colleen is saying the same thing, that, that certifications to a point are interesting and necessary, but only to a point. Beyond that, it's more what stories are you telling? What, what are you, how collaborative a problem solver or um, uh, Josh's word, relentless problem solver, how much of that do you bring to the table? But before we leave certifications entirely, um, for a scrum master resume, I think you can't, if, if you have a certification, you need to put it on there, especially uh, the certified scrum master or professional scrum master or something of that genre. So my question to you is how many is, is enough? How many are too many? Or maybe more importantly, like what types of certifications are you looking at beyond the obvious scrum master? Uh, to me, like I'm not a certification guy, so that doesn't prove to me whether you can do the job or not. I think if you go to the story that Bob talked about, that, that every thing on the resume tells part of your story. So if it's at the top and there's 55 letters up there, then that starts to do exactly what Bob said. It tells the story of this is what matters. What I'm looking for is as a practitioner, here's the, here's the thing I've done, whether it's actually been as a scrum master role or I help transform a school or a team or a business, or just like my own daggone family, right? Like whatever it is, show me that you've done the thing, not that you've passed a test. Um, so if you're going to have them, just don't put them at the top in big, bold letters. Have it be a subsection or a side section where like, hey, FYI, I also have these. But the real story about me is up top is that top third that Bob mentioned. Great. And that's all we need to say about certifications. I'm lying. Oh, Bob, did you need to add anything? Well, real quickly, I'd come back mm -hmm. to attitude. So to me, certifications go into ability, which is that third tier, right? It's articulating. So... It, they're not good or bad, and you can put them there. But what you're really amplifying that is what is my ability? What are my role skills? If you buy into this, this three A's and the priority, then on your resume, how are you articulating attitude? And that's actually what I was talking about with the passion coming through. You went with me. That that was like, how, how am I getting a sense for that? Then aptitude, the flexibility, uh, perseverance, stick-to-itiveness, courageousness, and and I that aligns with what we were talking about, and then and then ability. So, think about the three A's. It's not just I don't think it's just a. And I just came to this. I don't think it's just an interviewing uh, acronym. I think it could be a resume crafting acronym. And how do you prioritize on your resume as well? 
Yeah, so we'll throw a link to that article um, on your website uh, down below in the show notes here. Uh, agilecoffee.com slash episode 77. Um, so I want to move on to a couple other parts of the resume. Again, traditional parts of the resume, and we've, we've talked about it, but I just want to put a bow on a few of these. Um, the experience section of a resume, we've already said, you know, we're looking at, Josh says he's looking for stories. He's looking for people to translate what they've done and how it's helped the business, whether it was in an agile shop or not, whether you were a scrum master or not. Um, so my question to you is if you have a lot of experience, um, how much is too much to put in a resume? Um, if you don't have any experience, or at least you you feel like you think you don't have any traditional experience, how do you compensate for that? Um, and again, we, we've kind of answered it, but I want to just rephrase that question and two questions there and throw it out to you. How much is too much experience and how do you make up for the fact that maybe you haven't had a lot of real world working experience? I don't know that there's too much. I mean, you get to the Bob situation where he's 85 pages long, uh, but you know, that's not a thing anymore. Like that's not the norm. I, and again, what Bob and I have talked about is you can create the experience. You can yeah. scrum master just about anything in any job you have. Uh, like Bob talked about someone working at Lowe's, like there, there are totally things that could be done in that job in a scrum manner. What I would recommend is like, don't talk about a stand up or a retrospective, just like, Hey, it would be beneficial if we did this and then try it and get people to try it. And then they start to see value. And if they don't see value, then use a retrospective approach to figure out why not and tweak it and make it better. And then you're, you're sharpening all of those tools. So it's there. So I don't, I don't buy the fact that I don't have enough experience people either grant it to you or like you go make it happen. And yeah. Bob and I have both said that we firmly believe that you can go make it happen on your own. So it's out there. Yeah. Not for every, I think, and Vic, you said this, I think the scrum master role is special. Mm -hmm. I think it's a unique, like, I don't think we, you could do what we're talking about in a product owner role or maybe, you know, a business analyst role. You, you, some of it applies, yeah. but this scrum master facilitation uh, as a core activity, coaching as a core activity, uh, role modeling as an activity, right? There's there's attributes of scrum mastery that I think you can get from a wide variety of experiences. Like I could, I could see if I was volunteering for a church and I was doing like some uh, sort of non you know uh, pro bono coaching work, uh, not even talking about agile in a church that I could bring some of that stories to a resume and connect the dots to the scrum master role. Yeah. Now it takes some creativity. It maybe takes, you know, it, it might take some courage because you have to defend it. You have to talk about it. But, but I, I, I think the role is really nicely unique in that way that you can do these mappings. Yeah. And again, going back to, you know, your podcast, I'm referencing here quite a bit. But one thing, Bob, that you said in that uh, was that everyone should have a scrum master mindset, not necessarily do the scrum master role, but that mindset of how can I help the team achieve more, whether it's by facilitating, by removing impediments, by reframing questions, whatever it might be, handling conflict. 
um, yeah, I think that's that's really important, very profound. Um, again, we're trying to help people uh, who are writing resumes, who are maybe writing their first resume, too. So um, so thanks for that. And and Bob and I recognize it's terrifying. So we understand the challenge and the fear that goes into it. But what we have tried to do in our episode and here is empower you and embolden you to go out there and make it happen because there's, there's nothing preventing it from happening. It's just getting over that fear. Now we 100% accept that it's there. So we get it, but we're here to kind of give you that nudge. Okay. Last question real quickly, real, real quickly. Mm-hmm. There's this notion of network or write the resume, and then I get the job. Um, and I, I think there's a fear sometimes I have of, oh, someone, I leverage the community, then I get my job, and then I'm done. Right. Um, or right. Right, there's, n- there's not a doneness to this. So the resume is not, it's, it, I'm coming back to journey maps. Have a journey. Be able to articulate not just get this job. I want to know where you're going to be. Where? What do you aspire to? What's next? Uh, so my daughter still is active in the community. She's getting even more active. She got it. She landed a scrum master job. She was active in the community. Wrote a resume. Uh, she handled rejection. There was some rejection. There was some hard news. She's landed a role. It scares the bejeepers out of her because it's because she's not a scrum master. She doesn't have a lot of experience, so she's navigating that. But there's also what's next and what's next. And she's she's already talking about what book. She has a list of Agile books. It blesses my little heart that she has a list of books, a reading list and stuff like that. So what I'm and and in your interviewing your resume, what I'm trying to say is it's not an end. It's not a means to an end. It's it's a place in your journey and be able to articulate in the resume somehow, maybe in your goals and objectives, in your vision, in your vision quest. Uh and be able to, and really are able to articulate that, that in the interview. That it's not, I, I'm looking beyond. You want to be like a global thermonuclear agile coach yeah. uh, at IBM, right? That's where I'm going in five years or whatever. Have a big, audacious uh, sort of goal if you can. Uh, maybe that was too audacious, but I hope. What do you guys think? Am I being too weird in talking about like what's next and what's next? Too far out? Or just land the no, job. I, I think it's Josh important. Yeah, it's important to make sure it's not the finish line. Everybody's going That's, to define how long that race is for them. Maybe it's a hundred meters. Maybe it's sixteen hundred meters. But like, don't stop once you get there because like that. That's to Bob's point. Like, you just took your first step in that race by yeah. getting the job. Now it's how how long do you want the race to be? And everybody's going to be a little bit different. Vic, did and, you see that that oh. dynamic between us? I was wordy, and Josh Josh was like pointed. How cool is that? Thank you, Josh. You bet. You guys have a certain chemistry together, so <laughs> I try to stay out of that one. Right, <laughs> back up. Um, and I think it was it was it felt like it was a transition to me for this last question that I want to ask, and then I'll ask you if there's anything else that you want to add. Um, questions I didn't ask, but just in terms of a, a portion of the resume that might be dedicated to things like um, your activities in a community, whether it's an agile community going to conferences and meetups or doing presentations, or whether it's um, a non-traditional community, like Bob, you mentioned a church or, or something you've done, a project you've done at school, something like that. Um, and then throwing in the aspect of social media. So that 
milieu of kind of topics, how important is that for a resume or how would you go about addressing anything like that? Does that tie into that idea that there's no finish line, that it's a lifelong learning mindset? How could you prep people to address that part of their resume? Um, you know, that's icing on the cake for me. Like okay. I love when an engineer provides a link to their GitHub and yeah. all of the repos that they've been a part of, but I've hired a ton of great engineers that don't include that. And that's not who they are. They, they aren't that passionate. They, they are passionate about the craft, but they aren't that passionate to where they can't turn it off and they're always coding. Uh, everybody's different, right? So to me, that's icing on the cake. It's not a requirement, but it does help paint the picture uh, of who you are and what you focus on. Now, again, there are just people that like, hey, maybe you have a couple of young kids and like you just you just can't make that happen, you know, and, and maybe I can in a couple of years once I'm out of diapers and everything else, like that's not a thing I have to worry about anymore. So like everybody's journey is different. That's all I'm trying to say, but that's, that is icing on the cake that I get a little bit excited, but I also don't disqualify somebody if they don't have that. Anything to add, Bob? I'm going dis- to disagree a little bit in that. I think there, I think there's an opportunity. So it's, there's an opportunity to bring your whole self and I'm thinking of diversity and inclusion. So, and I don't know what's, it's not, it's beyond community. It's, Mm. it's beyond it's community. It's church. It's, it's the fact that I collect potato heads. It's whatever it is. You have an opportunity. I think it's valuable in a res. It's an opportunity in a resume that you can take advantage of for, for companies that care about it which aren't all companies to bring your whole self. And, and I actually think it be, it can be to your advantage. I remember one years ago and, and developers, you know, you may be depending on the genre of hiring you're doing Josh, it may be different. Right. But I remember years ago, uh, there was a project manager and he had gone to clown school, uh, circus clown school. And I was freaking, I was bouncing off the walls. I'm like, holy cow, this is the coolest thing. If I could land a clown, not a clown. I mean, it was a traditional role, but if I can get someone in this company that has clown abilities, what a disruption. Yeah. What what a diversity play. And actually, to my advantage, he came in, and not in a clown suit, but he came in in, you know, like overalls with a striped shirt. And and it was and it was a real disruption. And this was before diversity was popular, right, or interesting. So that that's I'll land it there. I actually think it you, you can really, to the degree that you're comfortable with it, like just and there's nothing special. There's no advice other than bring your whole self. If you can bring a little bit of a snippet of your whole self, whatever that means, then I think companies will take advantage of that. And I've hired people on diversity plays. Uh, where I was very intrigued by their non, again, it goes back to attitude and aptitude. Yeah. And it goes back to the unique skill sets that uh, that some master provides. You can't describe the stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Did I actually say clown? Yeah, I I shared that. I may, I may read. 
<laughs> That's a story that Josh and I will explore some other time, probably. I'd love to hear that. Uh, before I let you two go back to your coffee drinks there, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add with the listeners on the topic of the resume for a Scrum Master? Anything not to do or to do or? I would say just one word, be genuine. Like, like it, and it's triggering off of that, be, bring your whole self, just be you. Just be, just be the best you that you can be, uh, and you're going to have to be resilient, uh, and you're you're going to have to you know go with roll with the punches, but just be you, uh, and don't let imposter syndrome. So I think we didn't talk about it, but I think imposter syndrome activates when people are trying to pivot, uh, and that's again where community come up. So be you, be aware of imposter syndrome, and just try to be as resilient as you can be. Last bit I throw out there is you can scrum master your job search. Yeah. You know, do a retrospective. Ooh, if something like doesn't go well, plan out the next sprint, the next week or two weeks of submissions and like chart it and keep track of it and figure out what is and what isn't working. So that's another opportunity. Again, yeah. opportunities abound yeah. for you to practice the craft and no better way than to do it for yourself and keep yourself in check when to Bob's point, like something's not going to go right. You're not going to get a job that you were excited about, but like, how do you rebound? What do you do? Yeah. And that's a great conversational piece for an interview too. Yep. Hey, you're part of my scrum right now, whether you know it or not, you know, I'm going to go retrospect on this conversation. <laughs> well, Absolutely. Bob and Josh, uh, I want to thank you again for be taking the time and being a part of uh, the Agile Coffee podcast and uh, sharing this great knowledge. Uh, I believe it is anyway with our, our listeners, especially those who are looking at either changing jobs to, to a scrum master for the first time, or even maybe this is their first foot in the door of, of any job. So, so thank you both very much. Well, I'm honored, Dick. Thank you for inviting us. I appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. All right. And for our listeners out there, I want to thank you for listening and remind you to enjoy your coffee with friends. Coffee.